Continuing our 2024 farm system previews, we have the Houston Astros, who have something like, I don't know, a million outfield prospects. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So continuing our farm system previews, we have the Houston Astros. And one of the big observations about this system is you can see the waves of players, right? You moved a lot of pitching prospects up to the majors, and that's been the core of that rotation with the Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, guys like that. And now you're in that next wave of position players who should be able to come up. And there are a lot of of outfielders in this system, a lot of rated outfielders. And that's after you traded Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford to the Mets last year when you went to get Justin Verlander. There's just a ton of outfielders in here. But the two top guys, you one of them you may see in 2024, but odds are you don't see either one in 2024. Your top prospect in this system, outfielder Jacob Melton, 2022 second rounder out of Oregon State. And last year, 99 games, uh, most of them in high A Asheville with the tourists, but a little bit with Corpus Christi with the hooks, and batted 245, 334, 467 in about 450 plate appearances. 23 home runs for Jacob Melton, uh, 41 extra base hits, 52 walks to 99 strikeouts, and went 46 of 53 on stolen bases. Jacob Melton, to me, like you can see he's not a complete product, but he should be able to be an average to above average performer who can, he's not a star. And I think that more so than anything else encapsulates where this system is, is there's so many guys in here that you can see contributing, but you don't see a ton of stars. So for Jacob Melton, there's things to like, and there's things to be concerned about, right? Last year, 90th percentile exit velocity, 106.4. We've talked about right around that 102 mark for the 90th percentile exit velocity gets you to MLB average. So he's already above MLB average on exit velocity. But that came with a 76% contact rate on the season. And specifically, you can see a couple areas where Jacob Melton has to do some work, right? Against left-handed pitching in general, he put up a 653 OPS. It's obviously a little bit of an issue there. And then when you watch his swing, there's a lot of moving parts in Jacob Melton's swing. And it was like that when he was at Oregon State, when he was with the Beavers. It's, It's calmed down a little bit, but there's still a lot in there. And when you see some of the issues that he has offensively, you have to wonder if there's a connection to how much stuff is going on in that swing. He struggles with fastballs, especially up in the zone. He struggles with breaking pitches on the outer third, just covering 
the plate in general out there, it feels like a lot. And so some of it is he has a hitch in there late. And is it messing up the timing when it comes to one, getting around on those fastballs? And then is it messing with his ability to cover the plate because he has all these other things he's doing during the swing, right? Now, despite that, again, still promising player as far as I see it as probably a 50 hit tool and somewhere between a 55 and a 60 power. The question is obviously how translating the, uh, the raw power into game power. And that's where we are with Jacob Melton. Speed-wise, 46 to 53. You like what he can do. He should be able to play in an average center field. You're probably going to have a defender that is better than him. And he would be an above average guy with an above average arm in a corner, right? And last year, you can see a lot of these guys in the system actually played a lot of different positions. 48 games in center field for Jacob Melton, 17 in right, 9 in left, 26 at D8. He played all three positions. A lot of these guys, a lot of these outfitters we're going to talk about, if they played center field, they probably also played left and right quite a bit and just rotated around. Either way, Jacob Melton, you want to see what he does in AA Corpus Christi. He went on a heater at the end of the year, five homers in the last 13 games, but you just want to see him consistent for an entire year. Outfitter Luis Baez, and the day we're recording this is his 20th birthday. So you're watching this the day after he turned 20 years old. Happy birthday, Luis Baez. Signed in January 2022 for $1.3 million and got in games both in rookie ball and in single A with Fayetteville last year. 58 games, about 255 plate appearances for Luis Baez. 248, 357, 481. 11 home runs, 27 extra base hits, 33 walks to 62 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. Not the same player as Jacob Melton. He's got his, he's Jacob Melton with a lot of the stuff either turned up or turned down, right? So contact rate, very similar. 73% contact rate in single A. And obviously he's a younger player than Jacob Melton, but found that interesting. But the power is probably 70 grade as far as the raw power for Luis Baez. Had a, had a max exit velocity last year of 112 at the age of 19. It's a little bit absurd, right? Obviously, you have, there's that youthful aggression that he has. You saw a lot of pitchers attack him when he got to low A with breaking pitches away, getting him to chase and things like that. So something he has to work on, but the contact ability, like he's shown a propensity for non-breaking pitches to absolutely crush them and to hit them anywhere, right? Left, center, doesn't necessarily matter. Defensively, I've got a little bit more questions. The speed and the defense both feel like somewhere between a 40 and a 45. Depends on what days you catch them. Uh, the speed for Luis Baez does not translate to the Bates pass. Again, one for two on stolen bases last year. It's a little bit better in the outfield. He does have a plus arm, which helps him in the outfield. But it really feels like, obviously, he's going to have to hit or else he is in danger of first base or DH duties, right? Uh, third player in your top prospects here, and the only real pitcher we're going to have until the third segment when we talk about the lower minors, right-hand pitcher Spencer Aragetti, 2021 sixth rounder out of, uni out of University of Louisiana Lafayette. Say that three times fast if you want to. 21 starts, 
28 total games divided between AA and AAA. Went 9-7 and with a 440 ERA and 124 and two-thirds innings. 141 strikeouts, so 10.2 per nine, to 59 walks, 4.3 per nine, and gave up 11 home runs. Spencer Arigetti is, there's a ton of effort here. He is throwing with everything he's got. Uh, Fastball comes out 92 to 94. Uh, He's only 6'2". It's a little bit of a lower release point, and so he gets that flat vertical approach angle that we've talked about a lot recently. He has a sweeper that goes along with that. He's got a changeup, sits in the mid-80s. Curveball in the mid-70s that's two-plane break. Not necessarily just vertical or just horizontal. It's in the midpoint of vertical and where that sweeper is. So not every single direction covered, but he's got a couple different options. And he can still miss bats with that curveball when he throws it, when he can land it. And landing, it's the issue here for Spencer Arigetti. He is, uh, he's got command issues that pop up frequently. And so the walk rate, like we said, he walked 4.3 batters per nine innings. And you, when you watch a start of Spencer Arigetti's, you'll see that come up. That's a recurring theme is walking too many batters or just getting into disadvantage counts. And so the damage on him comes because he's forced to come into the zone because he's down 2-1 or 3-1 and he has to get a strike. So some stuff to work on there. I don't know if the upside's going to be, I guess right now, anything more than back-end guy, somebody who can eat innings for you. We'll see if, I think, one, you need a little bit more command and or a little bit more velocity to offset that. We'll see what happens for Spencer Arigetti. In just a minute, let's talk about some of the high-level minor leaguers you'll see in 2024 because there's a lot, there's a whole wave of guys in AAA. We'll get to them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You should not have to worry about trying to buy tickets to your next big event because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. They've got last minute deals, an all in price that counts all the fees and everything, the views from your seat, and then my favorite part is the best price guarantee. So, the way the Game Time guarantee works. You'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is my favorite ticketing app for a reason. You get to see uh, the tickets come straight to your phone. You get to see a picture of your seats and what the view looks like before you buy. And then that guarantee takes care of you. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download Game Time app, create an account. Use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Now, terms and conditions do apply, but create an account, redeem code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so looking at the Houston Astros system, and again, in the high minors, you've got a lot of guys that you probably will end up seeing in 2024 in some capacity. Second baseman Will Wagner, 18th rounder in 2021 out of Liberty University. If you were curious, if you've been following the Hall of Fame voting, Billy Wagner is a Hall of Fame candidate on the ballot. This is his son. If you want to feel old for having watched Billy Wagner pitch, uh, 
So Will Wagner got 65 games between AA and AAA last year, 287 plate appearances, 337, 425, 18, seven home runs, 29 extra base hits, 35 walks to 50 strikeouts, and went six of eight at stolen bases. He's a natural second baseman, but they gave him a little bit of run at third base. And I think that's just one of those, that's going to be his role is that utility guy. He can cover second. He can cover third. Obviously, you have Mauricio Dubon. Nobody's taking Mauricio Dubon away. But Will Wagner is just another guy. He's going to run high on base percentages. He does not chase a lot. He makes 80% contact. He's pretty good at just racking up a bunch of doubles. He's going to have some home runs. The exit velocities are average. I think if he were to play every day and to be the best version of himself. You're looking at a guy who's going to bat 260 with a high threes on base percentage, uh, probably put up 20 home runs and probably steal 10 bags. Now, does he get that much run in 24? I don't think so. But I think that is the ceiling for a guy like Will Wagner. And that's absolutely valuable. Again, a natural second baseman, but can play third as well. Again, they had him do it for 20 games last year. Uh, and somebody, depending on how his spring training goes and then how he starts off the year, if there's an injury, he may be one of your options that comes up earlier. Third baseman, Zach DeZenzo. 2022 second rounder out of Ohio State, and Zach DeZenzo has absolutely stupid power, right? So 94 games last year, uh, high A and double A, 410 plate appearances, 305, 383, 531 slugging, 18 home runs, 43 extra base hits, 42 walks to 106 strikeouts, and 22 of 24 on stolen bases. The slash line sounds like a guy that has big power, right? He does have a little bit of swing and miss issues. He only has a 70% contact rate, although the chase isn't bad. It's just getting beat in the zone, which does happen. But again, the power is absurd. The average exit velocity was 92. The 90th percentile exit velocity was 107. Zach DeZenzo can absolutely crush. And it's not just absolute just muscle and power. He's getting optimal contact. His sweet spot rate, we don't talk about that a ton because it's not incredibly, I'm not going to say descriptive, but it doesn't, it's not as useful as some of the other stats. But when you have an outlier, it's good to throw it out to illustrate a point. And Zach DeZenzo, 41% sweet spot rate. So he does a really good job of getting the best quality contact that he can get despite some of the swing and miss issues, right? So he played all over the diamond, mostly third base, 72 games there. But 12 games at second, seven games at first. He DH'd a handful of times. A utility guy where if the contact rate can get a little bit better. If he can go from a 70% contact to a 75% contact, he's probably a guy that ends up in a top 100 list. Like that, I think he's that close because the power is so incredibly good. And again, a lot of the underlying stuff, the chase is good, the sweet spot rate is good. It's just literally some swing and miss in the zone. And if he can work on that, you're looking at a guy who could absolutely explode next year. There's a handful of different outfielders that you could see. And a lot of them, they all bring different things to the table. So Joey Loperfito, 2021 seventh rounder out of Duke, 
got 124 games, ended up in AAA last year. 540 plate appearances. 278, 375, 10. 25 home runs, 55 extra base hits, 65 walks to 134 strikeouts, and 27 to 31 on stolen bases. Mostly an outfielder, 43 games in center, 20 in right, 14 in left, but he played some second, he played some first. Another guy where you can tell Houston places a premium on defensive versatility, be able to move around a lot of different positions. I think at his peak, he's a 2020 guy, right? But the issue you have, so overall on the season, 69% contact rate. But when he got into AAA, you saw a lot of that come down, right? He had a 67% contact rate, 78% in the zone. So a little bit of question about is he ready feels like really it's a second half thing, but he could come out absolutely raking next year and having fixed a lot of that. And the fact that he has the good speed, again, 27 to 31 on stolen bases, you can see the speed on defense. The fact that he has that means that it's a little bit easier to fit him in the lineup uh, defensively. And then also he can help you when he can get on base Uh, as far as stolen base threat, things like that. Another guy that can definitely help you defensively, and that's the reason he's in here, even though he finished the year in double A, is outfielder Kennedy Corona. 117 games between high A and double A, 520 plate appearances. 251, 331, 458 was the slash line. 22 home runs, 47 extra base hits, 52 walks to 136 strikeouts and 32 of 42 on stolen bases normally would feel like it's early for him to be uh, discussed in a 2024 debut capacity. There's things in the profile that are a little bit concerning. Contact rate, I mean, it's 69% right there. uh, Could be a 2020 guy. Very aggressive approach, swung over half the time. And normally, this is a guy we'd be saying he's not ready. He's not close. But the thing to know about Kennedy Corona is his defense is very good. He won a minor league gold glove, played 61 games in center field, 38 in right, 11 in left, 7 at DH. He's probably, and this is not definitive, but he's probably the best outfield defender in this entire system. And if you need just defense in the outfield, you could see them call him up for that reason. Again, I don't quite think the bat is ready, but there's obviously the raw skills here to get there. And then a guy you may or may not see, some of the prospects shine wore off of him last year, Justin Durden, undrafted free agent in 2020, 84 games in AAA last year, 231, 314, 396, and about 360 plate appearances, he hit 10 home runs, had 27 extra base hits, 37 walks to 108 strikeouts, and 4 of 7 on stolen bases. He is one of those greater than the sum of his parts kind of guys, plays Defense is an average or so. He can play center field, 45 games there last year, but he's probably better in a corner. The arm's above average. Offensively, 64% contact rate, 71.8% zone contact, down from where we thought it would be and from what he had done in 22. The exit velocities are right around average, 103.3 as far as the 90th percentile exit velocities. A high-level fourth outfield type, a guy they could call up if they have a long-term injury in the outfield and they can plug them in and get expect to get probably average production, but 
a ball player. And those are the kind of guys that you need. So I wanted to make sure we talked about him. He does still have a chance to regain. I think Baseball America had him as a top 10 prospect in the system entering 23. So he has the pedigree and the history of being regarded as a top prospect and can absolutely get that back. In just a minute, let's talk about some of the lower level prospects to watch. Shocker, I have another outfitter to look at, but there's some position players and a couple pitchers I like. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. As always, the Astros are one of the favorites to win the American League and make the World Series. I want to say they have the second best odds as plus 430 with the Yankees at plus 410 and ahead of them. And then behind them, the Rangers at plus 480, the Orioles at plus 850, and the Twins at plus 850. And honestly, the Yankees kind of feel like the ones that really shouldn't be there. But if you want to go out and play some action on the Astros to make the World Series, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. New customers right now. Get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You don't have to win the bet. You just have to place the bet. So it's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to place your first bet today with FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment of Locked MLB Prospects here on Friday, talking about the Houston Astros farm system for 2024. And honestly, this one's always my favorite of the three because we get to talk about the lower minors prospects that we don't always get a chance to watch every day or hear a lot about. Shortstop Bryce Matthews, first rounder last year, obviously has the pedigree. You're not going to spend too long on him, but just know that 35 games, like 150 plate appearances between rookie ball and A ball, The stats aren't necessarily great. 208, 365, 352. Very small sample size. And I'm discounting some of the stuff that we saw, like 70% contact rate in A-ball. Again, very small sample. What I'm looking at is the college numbers at Nebraska, a major program, were pretty good. Chase rate was only 20th percentile exit velocity. And mind you, this is with metal, not wood, but 109.4. I feel good about that translating to at least average power in the minors with a wood bat. So you feel good about some of the numbers there. He played nothing but shortstop other than a couple DH things during his debut. But something to watch going forward is Bryce Matthews speeds good. 18 to 22 on stolen bases. But the arm isn't seen as that great. And there's been conversation about can Bryce Matthews stick at shortstop all the way up to the major league level because of the arm, both the range and the accuracy. It's not just, can he get the ball reliably to first? Can he get it to the actual bag? There's been some discussion about, is he better suited for a center field role going forward? Watch out for that. But I think the power could be above average. The speed's above average. All the other stuff on defense, the hands, the instincts, the range, that's all good. It's just literally the strength of the arms. Centerfield is a fallback plan here for Bryce Matthews, but either way, really excited about what he could do with a full season under his belt. Outfielder Zach Cole, 2022 10th rounder out of Ball State. Fun player to watch. A little bit of some flaws, but a fun player to watch. 111 games between Fayetteville and Asheville, so single A and high A. About 487 plate appearances, right? 258, 380, 489. 
pretty in spitting distance of a 400 on base and a 500 slug, right? 19 home runs, 47 extra base hits, 66 walks to 155 strikeouts, again, in 111 games, and 37 of 46 on stolen bases. So the thing with Zach Cole is another situation where if he can add a couple ticks to his contact rate, you're going to feel really good about what he's able to do with that power. 62% contact rate last year. So worryingly low, right? But average exit velocity of 91. 90th percentile exit velocity of 107. The power is... Zach Cole is a guy that can play probably above average to plus defense in center field could steal a bunch of bags and could hit 20-something bombs at the major league level if he can more reliably make contact because your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And that's the bugaboo for Zach Cole. Now, there is a caveat here of he started off very slow. So from June 7th on, he had a 907 OPS. So let's watch to see what he does this year. Was that some issue he was having with Fayetteville? And he started feeling a little better when they moved him up to Asheville. Is that just, is he just a slow starter? Uh, was he working through something? Did he tweak something in spring? We don't know. But if he comes out this year making even 5% more contact, you're going to feel good about the ability to, one, cut down the strikeouts from that incredibly high number, 155 and 111 games, and then get more than 19 home runs. Just bring up that batting average from 258. If he can bring it up to 280, you feel a lot better about a guy that could bat 280, 380, 490. Right-hand pitcher Jake Bloss, 2023 third rounder out of Georgetown. Had a short but good debut this year. Six starts, seven total games between rookie ball and A ball. Went one and one with a 2.89 ERA in 18 and two-thirds innings. 11.1 strikeouts per nine, 23 strikeouts, to 12 walks, 5.8 per nine. No home runs allowed, but the walks, that's the big thing. The fastball sits. 92-93, has a ton of carry up in the zone, like 20 inches of induced vertical break up in the zone. And so you feel really good about the underlying metrics of the fastball, even if the velocity itself isn't necessarily where you would like it to be for to make him a competitive major leaguer. Uh, slider, two-plane break on the slider. The curveball I think that's going to be the big differentiator. If it can be a little tighter, it's mostly vertical break. It's got some horizontal movement to it. But to me, it's a little bit, the depth is different, but the movement profile is similar to, similar to the slider. So if you can either tighten up the curveball to make it mo- almost entirely vertical, I really wouldn't mind a little bit more on the fastball. You can do all of that. Just can, you can get a guy who can stick in the starting rotation and give you meaningful innings. Again, that velocity being 92-93 is something to be a little bit concerned about, but we can work it out. And then third baseman, Warner Luciano. 2021 IFA, he was in rookie ball this year, 194 plate appearances. And he's in here because the stats didn't necessarily overwhelm, right? 247, 345, 476. 10 home runs and 18 extra base hits. But the thing to watch was... His zone contact, 87%. So Warner can hit a ball, 22% chase, so relatively under control. I believe that's slightly below major league average. Off the top of my head, I cannot remember at this exact moment. 
Uh, 90th percentile exit velocity of 103. So the power is at least, given his age, the power is at least going to end up above average. The contact rate portrays to be somewhere between above average and plus. Again, strikeout rate was like 18.5%, but walk rate was 11%. He's moved around a lot as well. 27 games at third, but he had 11 games in right. Four games at first, a game at second, and he DH'd a couple times. So watch for that there. My dart throw here, and this is a guy that's fun to watch because the pitches just work really well together, right? Right-hand pitcher Jose Fleury, 2021 IFA. Got in 26 games, but only 14 starts in A-ball. Went 4-3 and three with a 3.65 ERA in 98 and two-thirds innings. 139 strikeouts, so 12.7 per nine, 248 walks, 4.4 per nine, and eight home runs allowed, which was 0.7%. And we've talked a lot about how the new rage right now is that flat approach angle on a fastball. Jose Fleury's the exact opposite. He's coming over the top with a fastball. Tons of spin on it. It sits in the low 90s. He can run it up to 94 or so, but I've seen vertical break numbers of 20 plus inches and it's got arm side run to it, right? So it's got multiple types of movement. It is, it, it makes up for the velocity being where it is with the exceptional movement characteristics of it. He pairs it with a really good changeup. They tunnel very well. It's an exceptional changeup and it's, it's got some good fade to it. And then he's got a tight slider and a, a slurvy curveball. So they blend together a little bit. Sometimes the velocity bands are different, but the movement kind of blends in a little bit. If he could make the curveball a little more vertical, keep the slider like it is, that kind of tighter slider, it would give him multiple different kind of options. And just something where when you watch him pitch, it's obvious that the changeup is so good that it's in guys' heads, right? And he can play off of that. It's a, it's at the point now where that over-the-top delivery is a really unique angle. And so it's just an interesting sight picture for hitters to try to adjust to. And it's just fun to watch. In the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 